live. Yeah, we are. You guys, who let us have a podcast? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Habit Podcast. I'm Christina Franklin. I'm Natalie Hopkins. And I'm Paige hey. Burke. And welcome. I hope you guys are as excited as we are. <laughs> Paige, I'm so excited you're the host tonight. I'm pretty jazzed. <laughs> I just have really good vibes going on in my life right now, today specifically. I'm a little self-conscious because I'm such a loud breather. <laughs> you are not a loud breather. Stop it right now. Literally, I am an elephant. That's fine. That's but so funny. You're going to have to do a lot of editing. Before you start, this. Paige, tell me about your good vibes. Is it because it's warm out? It's just... It's because it's warm out. Totally. Yeah. The twins home opener was today. And so being downtown was just super fun. Energy was just loud, exciting, lots of drunk people, which like gets me all riled up. They're having a great time. I'm sober as can be after last weekend. So I'm sure now you are too. Guys, I had jello shots at breakfast. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) What are the stats? Wait, how old are you? What are the stats on those bad boys? Oh, (laughs) Oh my God. I was sneak. I brought my own snacks in bar, like wheat thins, pretzels, popcorn. You, I BYO posted this to a bachelor party at the bar. At the bar, I don't know if you saw this on the Facebook group, but she posted a picture of her with her gluten free pretzels at the bar. <laughs> There's another photo of me like with my friends, and I just have a handful of wheat thins, and I'm like. <laughs> Stop. Get a load of this. <laughs> I need to peruse the Facebook group because I've not been in there since my digital hiatus. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff I missed. I <laughs> Yeah, I recorded a whole video about how I'm coming back from like binge drinking, basically. Oh, boy. I'm going to dive into that on the weekend. All right, Paige, tell me what we're talking about. Yeah. So today kind of came to me Today's topic, I should say, came to me during a sculpt class, and I'll go into more detail. But basically, I had an epiphany at like minute 35 of this ridiculously hot, sweaty, balls-to-the-wall yoga class. Okay. So we're talking today about when doing more might mean doing less. And mm. I know that's kind of a tongue twister a little bit, but or not even a tongue twister, like a little mind twister. It's kind of like a... A mind twister. Exactly. So I just wanted to have a conversation today about how we're being told all the time that like do more of this, like do your 15 step beauty routine, like double toner, cleanser, whatever, like whatever that even means. Yes. But or like whether it's like adding supplements or whatever it might be, we're adding a lot to our lives to an already complex lifestyle and just situations in general. So sometimes the answer just like might lie more with refinement and just simplifying the heck out of your life. So I love that a little bit lengthy there, but that's kind of the gist. I love that. I think it's a great topic because yeah. I, I yeah. one of the things that I hear from our clients all the time is like, do you think I should take a probiotic? Do you think I need to get like a blood test to see like what my levels are? And I'm like, I think you just need to eat vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just gotta like eat some high volume greens. I think that's going to be the cure right now for you. You know, yeah. sometimes that's just what it is. Sometimes that's all it takes. A little fiber. What was 100%. your, what was your sculpt class? So this was a sculpt class. I hadn't been to this particular teacher before, but it's at my typical studio that I go to. Hot yoga. Hot yoga. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
And it was also sculpt. So it's like weights plus heat plus cardio. Pretty intense class. Yikes. But I was in this class and it was abnormally hot, you guys. Like I'm pretty sure a sculpt class is like 85, 86 degrees. Okay. It's probably different everywhere. But this, I kid you not, was like 90 or 92 degrees. And that's not much of a variable there, but it was such a difference. Like I could physically tell. And so the whole premise of this class was like the te- verbatim from the teacher was unless you're puking or you die, you don't leave this class. What? And I was pissed, you guys. Like I was pissed that she said that. And Did it those was in words that minute, literally come out of her mouth. Verbatim. Those words. And I'm watching people around me like sprint out of the class or like slowly walk out of the class like you're either puking or you're going to go pass out and just people dropping like flies around me. And she was also saying in the class too, like if you get through this, it's kind of like a badge of honor. Like if you get through this, you can do anything. And if you get through this, you can go have your glass of wine or like whatever sort of dinner you want. And maybe a year or two ago, I would have been like, oh, you know, she's right. I can work my ass off in this class and I can just do whatever I want afterwards because I work my buns off. But I was pissed in this moment (laughs) and that like I'm sure you can relate to this as like a former fitness coach and being probably careful of like what you say in the class because some people actually might take it literally. Totally. And it's funny as you're describing this, I'm like biting my tongue because I think as a fitness and like speaking from that angle, generally fitness instructors are teaching under the assumption that like you've shown up to this class, like able to give 100%, right? Like mm-hmm. kind of just in consideration that you're not going to walk into this class if you're like feeling really like ill or if you're feeling like tired or if it's like your third workout of the day, it's like it's under the assumption that like you're showing up prepared. And I think speaking as somebody who has yeah, and I love the, your insight on this. <laughs> on the backside of overexercise and like doing three workouts a day or whatever, because I was also teaching, there are moments where you're in class and you're just like, why did I show up? Like I showed up just to like cross it off my list or to say I did it yeah. or whatever mm. it is. And it's this like slippery slope, right? Because I think there's obviously as a teacher, like I do think that there's a responsibility to be considerate. Of like the fact that people maybe, you know, do need to leave or whatever it is. But also I think there's a responsibility as a human to like be putting yourself in these situations like healthfully and mindfully so that like you're never just like walking into a class being like, well, I feel pretty terrible today. And it's like my 10th workout of the week, but like I'm going to just like push through. Right. That's on you. That's not on the teacher or the situation, you know? Totally. So I think it's an interesting like double-edged sword a little bit, you know? Right. Totally. We see that in coaching though too, where it's like, how hard do you push in saying like, well, are you just trying? Like, are you trying? Like, can't you just try harder? Like you should try harder. But then at the same time, it's like maybe they like really are struggling for a different reason and you can. Right. Sliver slope. (laughs) Yeah, very. But in that moment, just kind of going back to that class in particular, I questioned myself. I was like, what the heck am I doing here? Why am I putting myself through this? Mm. Because I know that I don't need to. Pushing limits, I am all for. There's another class that I take that's like a 60-minute hit class. I do it like once a month because it feels amazing. And that's like my quote-unquote pushing my limit zone. Mm. Yeah. But I know what I'm getting myself into. I'm prepared. I know I'm going to work hard. 
And I think in this class, I just wasn't ready for that too. And so I was just like, wait a second, I don't need to be here right now. I'm uncomfortable. I don't feel well. I It's like fight or flight sort of thing. I think it's so powerful though. And like something that I think is so great that you did is that you were like, yeah, nope, gut check. Like I need to get out. Like, you know, I'm keeping on going isn't going to benefit me at all. So like, actually, like, I don't care what you think, late teacher lady. (laughs) I'm out of here. You know what I mean? And I think that there's something to be said for like, that is that's accountability. And that's strength also like in a different way. And I think that's just so freaking valuable. I think you need to have that in all aspects of like your health journey is to be able to be like, you actually know nothing about me and like you being like fitness instructor, or even like, if your macros are feeling like totally whack for you, like having the ability to say like, this isn't working for me, like something in my gut is telling me that this isn't right. And I think it's to your point, like stretching it further than just exercise. Faster, harder, stronger is such a great thing for when you need some motivation, but it doesn't always have to be the case. And so I think there's just a huge misconception that you always have to be 100% on and like your purpose, like we talked about in our last episode, your purpose should always be at least 90 to 100% to keep you going. But your physical body might not be able to keep up with that pace because there's so many other factors in your day, like your job, your family, like there's all these other outputs that you're needing to give. And it might not be that specific workout that you can give 100% in. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm all for pushing limits. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, girl. (laughs) Coming from like a complete CrossFit background. There's something that John used to say where like he would program, you know, an active recovery day or like a, a workout that was easier or something like that. And members would complain and he would, he would always make this joke that like, if the members aren't farting blood, they're not having a good time. That was like literally what he would say, because like there's this mentality in CrossFit where it's like, if you don't taste blood, you are literally not working hard enough. Like if you're not blacking out, like that is unacceptable. You guys should see Nat and I's face right now. We're like, (laughs) well, I mean, honestly, that's like kind of what it's like. And so coming from that background, I mean, I love CrossFit. It like pushed me to places that I never thought I would ever be able to be, especially coming from a place where I wasn't really an athlete. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I could do all this stuff. But there's also so like competitive a- too. Yeah, which is super powerful, but they're, you know, not yes. every day feels, feels great. And the only person that really knows what you're capable of or not capable of that day is going to be you. Yeah. So I think just kind of segueing into nutrition focus here- I think we have a lot of instances where people are injured or they truly just don't have the time to work out. There's lots of instances that we see with girls coming into the program. And it's really just a testament to how nutrition is able to give you the results with little to no exercise on top of it. And it's sort of like a the common phrase, like you can't outrun a bad diet, like nutrition and that diet in your life is such a foundation. And there's so many different like paths you can take in terms of that, whether it's keto or macros or just counting your calories, but or like vegan or whatever it is. But I think it's just such a good premise to have no matter what you're doing in your life, especially when you come into situations where you're injured. And I know both of you guys have been injured before. So I'm sure that's you have a really good lens on that view. Totally. And I think 
I mean, the biggest thing I have learned, if anything, over probably the last like four or five years is like that exact sentiment that like you can't outrun a bad diet or you can't outspin a bad diet. You can't yeah. out anything. <laughs> like, and I remember as a kid and like a student athlete, like I literally never paid attention to my diet ever. And I'm talking like, I didn't eat vegetables at like, you know, I would eat an apple and think that I was just like the golden child of health. Crushing an apple it. A day. <laughs> yeah. And it it's kind of crazy to me because obviously, you know, as a kid, you can kind of get away with it like you're younger. But as you get older, like there's just no way that no. <laughs> continuing on with a poor diet is going to help you in the long run. And the part where I think macros get a bad rep is that Sure, you can hit your macros like dead on every single day with processed food Mm -hmm. and be hitting your numbers, but be doing it in a way where like you're not getting any micronutrients and you're not getting any water in your food, which as we all know, like your body needs a lot of water and you can get a lot of it by drinking it, but you also need it by eating it. Mm -hmm. And I think like that's just where it's the most interesting thing because it's like, cool, you're hitting your numbers, but like how are you hitting them? Because that matters. It's like it's not like all the rules of nutrition just go out the window just because you have you're doing macros, quote unquote. Totally. That article that you sent us about like the runners, Natalie, and that was Paige. Or did you put that in their page? I love that. That article about how these runners were looking fit, feeling fit running fast, like, but eating really eating donuts, yeah, eat, eating donuts, <laughs> eating really poorly. And it didn't catch up to them until later in life. And I think that a lot, most of our clients are usually like just hitting 30 and they're like, my body's changing. Mm-hmm. Things are not working Slowing like down they used to be. And I'm, you mm-hmm. know, nothing's changed all that much. And it's really just your body catching up. I think in a lot of instances, it's like, no, you're not maybe doing anything different than you were before, but it's your body realizing like, hey, we can't we can't keep doing this. <laughs> do you guys like I know there's so many statistics or like studies out there, but do you guys really believe that metabolism like truly does slow down and this you come to like this plateau a little bit? Is that do you guys feel like that's true? I don't feel like I know and en- I'm not a doctor, right? Like I yeah, I don't know enough to like actually weigh in on that. Yeah. Which is fine. I can only, I guess, really go off like my own experience and like with coaching people. And I mean, I do feel like there's like little bits of science that, of course, like your metabolism when you're 50 is much slower than it was when you were 15. Sure. But at the same token, I like exactly to Christina's point, like I definitely think that there's this like catch up that happens where if your body is just like running off of processed food, right? Like at some point in time, like something's got to give like Mm -hmm. you have you're not getting micronutrients and you need micronutrients like period. Exactly. Yeah. And the reason I asked that is because like, I feel like that metabolism sort of like catch all is sort of a crutch that people use because they're not recognizing recognizing what has changed over the last 15 years. You started drinking. Right. You started introducing other foods. Yes. You are not eating sleeping. More. Stressed out. Sleeping. Stressed. Exactly. So yeah, I'm I mean, I can't answer that either. You probably can't either, Christina, like affirmatively, but that's just something that I was thinking about when you brought that up. I also think there's a lot of damage done over time, especially as women, we get so many clients and I know, especially from my own perspective, a lot of damage done to our metabolisms over time with trying all these new things, with trying to juice your way past the shitty weekend that you had or whatever, been there. And so 
I think it's along with having processed food and drinking and being stressed and not sleeping and all of those things Mm -hmm. that tied into the fact that I was, and a lot of our clients have so severely altered their intake, you know, being way over or way under and Mm -hmm. trying to put their, force their bodies into ketosis and all these things, you know, that, that definitely takes its toll as well on your metabolism. I think the other thing we've talked about this a hundred times, so I hate sounding like a broken record, but I also (laughs) feel like back to the point of what like this whole topic is about yeah. and that like less less is more is you know really like there's not a lot of like magic to it there's really not like no that many things you have to think about it really does i think come back to like stress nutrition yeah. sleep and exercise like that's really it and there's no like really real way around it and mm-hmm. i'm kind of on a tangent right now so sorry no I, you're I, right I you're like saying it. there's there's <laughs> no so magic pill the pill isn't do more take this new class take this right. probiotic try drinking celery juice try quote warming up your gut in the morning try intermittent fasting to see if you can burn more like it's really all bullshit it is no. and i think it it's funny because it came about in a conversation at this bachelorette party I was at over the weekend. And my Mm -hmm. friend is like, I just cannot believe that you're sitting here ripping fireball shots and like eating pizza and all these things. She's like, what the heck happened? Because like, you haven't been able to do any of these things for so long. Right. And I was like, I for the longest time was just like, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my gut. There's like something more I need to be doing. There's like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Instead, like, I really, truly believe this, like the answer was just that I was really stressed. And I needed to reduce the amount of things that I was doing. I Mm -hmm. like literally just needed to create less is more for my body. Yep. And I feel like I again, I talk about it all the time. But I'm like, I just think it's such an important point that like, there's one thing that you focus on. It's that it's just like reduce. Yeah. It's not more. No. So like, totally take some stress out of your life. And people are like, I can't, like, I have to do all these things. It's like, well, figure it out. Like, you got to reassess that. Recondo your shit, you know? <laughs> Recondo your shit. I love this idea of, of less is more. I'm of, I'm of the same vein. And, to, and going back to talking about outrunning a bad diet, I feel like it's important to... So in our onboarding series, we have a little quote that says, you can hit your macros drinking tequila, protein powder, and eating donuts, but you're not going to feel very good. (laughs) You won't feel great. And I think that that needs to be spliced in there somehow. (laughs) That's flexible dieting to the extreme. It's a little flexible. It's a little too flexible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's true, right? At the end of the day, like all day, something Natalie always says is, you're going to be eating all day every day. For the rest of your life. And so what you do for those, let's say, 35 meals a week, let's say three meals a day, two snacks a day, 35 meals a week, what you do during those 35 meals is going to be way more important than like the 45 minutes spin class you took on Tuesday. Completely. The impact is going to be a little greater. And knowing too, like back to what we were talking about with your limits, like if that spin class is not, you're not ready for it, you're not like in the right mindset for it, your body's not there, like maybe you're doing like an aggressive cut and you simply are just like depriving your body of energy so much so to the fact that like you're just going to do damage like don't do it then you know like sleep a little bit longer meditate whatever and like knowing that it doesn't need to just it doesn't need to look like going at intensity all of the time Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm saying this mm-hmm. like exactly and I'm saying this like so passionately because I feel I'm just like talking to myself mm. you know like as yeah. somebody who's just been like going 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 as long as I can remember I'm like it takes such such an aggressive approach with my own brain to be like you need to chill <laughs> like, yeah going 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 isn't productive when it's like detrimental to you right I think it's like and this is a little off topic and I'm gonna ask both of you this so just chime in but like, where does someone start to start simplifying? And like, how with all this clutter in our life right now, like even just like the Spark Joy <laughs> like book and Netflix series, like simplifying your life, there's a lot of it out there right now, but I still feel like there's so much excess. I think it starts with finding out what your non-negotiables are. What are the things that actually, that you actually enjoy? Do you actually Spark enjoy joy. going to your class? Do you like... Mm-hmm actually enjoy like do you enjoy having like a well-packed meal for yourself do you enjoy do you actually enjoy going to like all of your work happy hours i was just gonna say that one. like do you actually enjoy does it actually like build you up or does it break you down yeah does it fulfill you or does it not yeah i say it's like a is like the first step also turning off notifications on your like oh. i think that's important <laughs> i don't know for me when i was trying yeah, to declutter the first thing that i try to figure out was like what what is like not helping me or what is like not suiting my purpose here and some of the things that were not suiting me was like constantly getting notifications on my phone it was taking crossfit classes it was working out so much like i was starting to not enjoy it so i cut down to like three times a week and started to try something i actually enjoyed doing it was i like that because i think like then your exercise becomes the cherry on top it's not a chair anymore No, it's like, it's something that like is very necessary for me to like really like feel it's, it's used to feel good, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like flowing with my body to like make it feel good. Yeah. Essentially setting work boundaries was important for me too. Like signing off at a certain time, turning my actual email notifications off. Oh, saying no to stuff. I was like doing things all the time. We were trying to make new friends at the time in, in Canada and like people would invite us to stuff all the time. Um, and we'd always say yes. And then I just decided this is exhausting. It's the last I, like, thing I want to do. I saved this quote from, it was like at the start of the new year. And it was just how saying no to more things is going to be able to lead you to say yes to more. And I just, that has like stuck with me so mm. much. And sometimes it's like weeding out the dead weight, whether it's like sad to say like people, whether yeah. it's you know, something physical, whether it's your job. I don't know. I just thought that was a really good thought starter. As somebody who's like admittedly not much of a people pleaser, like saying no and putting the oxygen mask on me first has always come embarrassingly naturally. That's not embarrassing. (laughs) No, I wish I had more of that, Nat. I don't have that. It makes me sound kind of like an asshole when I talk about like in a group setting. But at the same time, I I have friends who are people pleasers who who like really do struggle with that and feel like they need to say yes to everything. And it's always been a thing where I've been like a little bit grateful that I have that Mm. because I'm like, I can, I can trust myself to say no when I need to say no and feel okay with it. And I think it's like, that's a muscle. Like I didn't always have that obviously in college or my early twenties or when I was dating, like, yeah, yeah. I just said yes to everything. Of course. But I think it's like as you practice it and as you get a little bit more comfortable with it, like it starts to come more naturally, but it takes practice. It doesn't just like arrive when you're just like there. Right. But I do think that is like arguably one of the most important things is like learning how to say no. For sure. sure. And that includes like to like yourself. (laughs) Yes. Well, and like your spouse. Right. Or like, like, you know, habits. 
Right. Yeah. Like, right. We're really going to get into it. It's like figuring out like what habits you really, really need to get rid of. And some right. of them I think are actually harder to identify than others. Mm-hmm. So I think it's easy to be like, well, when I come home from work, I snack all the way through into dinner. Like that's a habit I need to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's pretty, pretty clear and straightforward. Right. Mm-hmm. But the habits where you catch yourself comparing yourself, you know, to somebody else mm. or to an Instagram yes. account yeah. or even to yourself or habits where you notice that you can be really cruel mm. to yourself. Like, so even just, I mean, along the same vein as comparing, but even like putting on blame or guilt, those are habits. They're yeah. a little bit harder to point out, but they're there for most yeah. of us. Mm. And those are just as destructive. So you know, destructive. Like that's not helping you at all either. Yeah. I just was talking to one of my amazing clients. We were chatting on the phone last night and she was rethinking her Lent. You can either give something up or bring something into your life. And she was giving up one thing and then changed it to be getting rid of negative self-speak. Ooh. And I, I thought she was going to come back to me and be like, I'm giving up. Lattes. Right. Chocolate. Pickles. Pickles. (laughs) Don't have pickles. Pickles are bomb. (laughs) Macros on fleek. Anyway, what? (laughs) But she totally surprised me because she recognized how detrimental her negative self-speak was. And she was intuitive enough with herself that she's like, you know what? I got to get rid of that. I need to stop that. And that's never going to go away, right? Like we're going to have self-doubt come all the time with different situations. But she's putting actionable goals to help combat that. On which is average, a crazy cool thing. Eighty percent of internal talk is negative. Oh, that's between men and women. And I'm guessing for women, it's a lot higher. <laughs> yeah, we're creeping up on that number. <laughs> so that's amazing. That's that's what she yeah decided to try try and identify and then yes get rid of exactly. I'm also pretty sure, I mean, I am like the worst Catholic ever, but pretty sure that's like more along the vein of like what God wanted <laughs> versus <laughs> like versus you being like, I'm giving up tequila. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's true though. Seriously. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Amen. Did God tell you that? Guys, I'm an angel. That's how I know. Anyway, Paige, what are we talking Anywho. about? Yeah. So I want to put a bow on this because I think we've talked about it at length and I loved how we... We're giving some recommendations on how to simplify. So, ladies, let's do our macro hack of the week. I feel like we can dive into this. Macro hack, macro hack. Who's going first? Paige. Me? No, I'm the host. No, you go first. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. I put a lot of thought into mine this week. Did you guys see my notes? Yeah, (laughs) I I I didn't even know what they meant. There's an entire paragraph for your macro hack. I'm like taking the I'm taking the macro hack very seriously. Tell me. So it's a little bit of a long-winded hack. So just hear me out on this one. So instead of looking at your macros seeing how you have to make an adjustment to most likely fat. I think for most of us, that's the biggest adjustment. My recommendation there is to take that challenge and think about it, not so much in like greater food items, hear me out, and instead focus a little bit more on additives. So things like sauces and dressings and nut butters and butter and oil. Those are all things that for most of us, like we just have this kind of like threshold of like, well, when I add dressing, I add this much. Or when I cook with butter, I cook with this much. Okay. So if you can just start to kind of adjust your threshold to be like, 
I could enjoy a salad with 50% less dressing and just like focus on that, like just focus on what it is that you're putting on something and how much of it. I think that that is actually one of my biggest hacks and something that's helped me to be successful with staying at like a low to moderate fat number. Interesting. I love that. Because I noticed when I first started tracking macros, I was like, holy shit, do I put a lot of like dressing and fat on my foods? And I've just trained my taste buds to like need, quote unquote, need that much added flavor. So just focus on that and focus on scaling back what your threshold is. I like that because for me, when I first started tracking, I just removed all of those additives. I went cold turkey. Mm. I was like, this isn't worth it to me. That's not worth it to me. Well, I mean, okay, spray I still used, like cooking oil. But no dressing? But like no dressing, no avocado. I went cold turkey because I was like, wait, there's other things that I want to have my fat with. What? And it was more of like the butters, the avocados, like the more like in bulk. Interesting. So I get what you mean by like slowly adding it back up. Did I have butter on my toast yesterday? Yes. Will I have cream cheese on my toast tomorrow? Yes. Mm. Like that sort of stuff is back in my life. But for me, when I first started tracking, I was like, I feel like I don't need this. Interesting. So I just, I don't know why I wanted to add that, but. Wait, quick note on the avocado tip, because I had been in that same boat where I was like, oh my God, avocado toast, like can't Tragic. do that. And then I realized that I was taking out avocado so that I could add in processed fat in a bar or like <laughs> some sort of treat. And I was like, right. hmm. Yes. Going back to what we were talking about with like the micronutrients, like the quality of the macros, yeah. like how you're yeah. hitting them, all that stuff. Yep. I realized that I was completely sabotaging myself by taking out good old avocado so that I could add in saturated fat in a thin thin bar. Like what? Avocado is like literally not that fatty though. Also. It's not. And it's guys. If you eat half of it, like, yeah. But like if you have 50 grams of it, which is like a quarter smashed on a piece of toast, like it's like four grams of fat. Exactly. And also, like, that's the kind of fat your body wants. Yeah. Not, not the process. Not process. Exactly. Like, crap. I also like that your your macro hack, Natalie, is very much habit-based, whereas what, whether you're tracking or not, you now know, you know, maybe I'm good with one tablespoon of nut butter now. Like, I only do one tablespoon. Yes. In the I serving a size. of Rx vanilla almond today. Ah! <laughs> Do you guys know that, funny enough, the a serving size of nut butter in Canada when I lived there is one tablespoon, but a serving size in America is two? Not surprising. Because we're obsessed with it. Americans are. Yeah. I remember thinking that was crazy because I started eating on nut butter when I was in Canada. And I was like, oh, nut- like, why didn't I ever do this? This isn't so bad. But it's because yeah. the serving size and is then- half. <laughs> <laughs> And everyone's like, why do you have this magical, like, because I would kept writing one serving. And everyone's like, why do you have this magical, like, fat-free nut butter? And I was like, guys, it's just normal-ass peanut butter. <laughs> it's like, because the serving size half. But I love that. That's a really good one. Funny enough, I didn't even realize this, Natalie, but my macro hack has to do with salad dressing, too. We're right on, right on brand. And it also has to do with our favorite brand of all time, Hope Hummus. Hi, guys. Hope I'm going to sponsor us. What's your fave flavor? I like the Thai curry coconut. Oh, yes. Say that. I I was dipping chicken into that. It's (laughs) so good. Your hack, by the way, Natalie, not hack, but like your Facebook group hack of the Stubbs barbecue sauce that has two carbs. 
Mind blown. Yeah. My life has changed. John is literally drinks it. <laughs> it's so good. It's You're really welcome. great. Thank you for me. Thank you so much. Okay. So my, my macro hack is a discovery I'm actually extremely proud of. I like to think it took extreme creativity to find this macro hack out. And it's that Hope Hummus makes incredible salad dressing. So hear me out. If you take a serving size of Hope Hummus, which is two tablespoons, and you put two to four tablespoons of apple cider vinegar and you shake it up, specifically the curry one that I love, and you pour that over a salad. One, the stats are unbelievable. Two, it's a super complex tasting salad dressing that's like got no fat in it or two grams of fat in it. And it's really particularly good with salmon. Yes. So that's a really good one. Or um, you can use the Buffalo Blue as well. That one works better with, for some reason, like a rice vinegar. Super good. But you can really use any kind of vinegar with either red wine vinegar, white wine vinegar, apple cider vinegar, rice vinegar. You should just go on Top Chef. Seriously. You guys, thank you. I don't even know what rice vinegar means versus regular (laughs) vinegar. You don't know what rice vinegar is? No. What? Do you, Nat? I do, but that's because John's a really good cook. Well, and we have it in the fridge. It's but otherwise, so I've never good. cooked with it. You got to worry. Okay. But the season one has a lot of sugar in it. So you just got to be careful of that. Okay. That's what's in sushi okay. rice. That's why it's so delicious. Oh. Oh, okay. It's sugar. No. <laughs> sugar, baby. It's sugar. All right. What's All right. your hack? My macro hack. This is not an original. I'm not being original here, but I say it all the time. And I did not come up with it. But. To make your protein number a little bit more digestible throughout your day, divide out your protein number by the number of meals that you are eating. Yes. Yes. It's that simple, folks. It's that simple. And it just makes it, even though it's literally the same amount that you're consuming in the entire day, Right. it just visually, it helps you see that you it's not this massive number that you have to hit. So just breaking it out either by three or by five, Mm -hmm, whether mm -hmm. it's just your meals or with your snacks in there too, total personal preference. So that was my macro hack. That's a good one. I love that. I also do that for carbs and fat. Do you? Oh, yeah. Things like rip. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I'm like trying to be like intentional with my meals, you know. And you're like like actual fuel. Right. Exactly. Like feel high energy and stable energy. Because I notice like I have all my carbs in one meal, I tend to crash. Right. Oh, for sure. I like that one a lot. That would be a challenge, like, to see if I could eat all my carbs in one sitting. I think that's no problem. I could do it. Oh, I could do it. No problem. I mean, I could. No, here's the thing. I could do it. (laughs) I could do it. But I'm just saying, like, it'd be. be I've done it, if we're being honest. (laughs) I have a hundred, like, literally, I think maybe last night I had to only have protein for dinner. And I've been trying macros for, like, the better part of a decade. So it's fine. But it was intentional. (laughs) I really, really wanted... Joke's on you, folks. I wanted the two (laughs) things that I really wanted during the day. And guess what? They were amazing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm sure. So, guys, on the next episode, we're going to talk about all things maintenance. Oh. Hot freaking topic, man. Hot topic. Everyone's like, when do I go to maintenance? Do I go to maintenance? What does maintenance look like? And here's the truth, folks. Like 15% of people ever even make it to maintenance. And that's black hole. It's like a black (laughs) hole of like, how do you even get there? I, I missed, I blatantly missed maintenance for like three years. I like never got there. 
And it was only until recently did I like figure out truly what maintenance meant. And it's, and that's just kind of how it is. Maintenance is a tough, tough topic. So if there's one thing we can instill, it's like, please make it to maintenance. And we're going to talk about it next week. I also always want to put maintenance in like air quotes. Air quotes. Mm. Because I feel like it looks so different for everybody. It does. We can talk about that too. Guys. Can't wait. We should just talk about it right now because we are obviously all very fired up about it. It's like, do we just like start recording next week? Literally. You're like, and another thing. It looks very different for other people. And here's the thing. You could do it this way. Or In the air quotes. Um, Don't forget those. Yeah. (laughs) So next week we're going to talk about maintenance. Thanks, you guys. This is fun. Thank you. Thanks, my my queen. Or should we say bye? Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>